0: healthy for good. Join me each week for a new episode that'll help you sustain healthy habits and nourish your body so you can flourish in life. When it comes to nutrition, does it feel like you know what to do, you're just not doing it? Or maybe you find yourself stuck in this annoying all or nothing cycle. If it sounds like I'm reading your diary, well, that was my diary for a while too. And it's also the story of the thousands of women I've personally coached. That's why I created Flourish, the nutrition and body image support app made for women. If you recognize that diets don't work, but just not dieting isn't helping you feel your best either, download Flourish today. Your first live session with one of our credentialed nutrition and psychology experts is totally free, no credit card required. From there, you'll continue your journey with personalized accountability and support so that once you graduate from Flourish, you'll never need another nutrition program again. So head to the show notes and download Flourish for iOS or Android today. listening to the Nutritional Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Siegel, registered dietitian, founder of Nutritional Freedom, and total stationary nerd who's sharing episodes each week to help you ditch diets and get healthy for good. We'll dive into what really works when it comes to creating sustainable nutrition and health habits, ways to improve your body image, and how all of this helps you live a life that's in alignment with your values. Because that's what really matters, right? Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to the Nutritional Freedom Podcast. This episode is an extra special treat because I am joined by Isabel Garza. Isabel is the Nutritional Freedom Dietitian and Nutrition Coach, and she is just an absolute gift, not just to me and the team, but perhaps mostly to our clients. She is just a great source of wisdom and resources. So Isabel, I would love for you to introduce yourself, share a little bit more about what you do in Nutritional Freedom and um, share a little bit of your story with our listeners.
1: Sure. Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Isabel. Like Claire said, I am the registered dietitian in NF. Um, On a weekly basis, I conduct group calls and one-on-ones with our clients. Um, And I always like to say that I am our client's biggest fans. I uh, rejoice with them on all their wins. I support them through their challenges. And it's just uh, really quite a blessing to walk through this journey with them. Um, A little bit about me and my backstory. So, I went through my own struggles with food, um, especially in the context of PCOS, uh, which I was diagnosed a couple years ago. Um, And so what I really see in my story is this empathy that I can bring to our clients. It's not necessary, I think, as a practitioner, but I have found that that sense of empathy is something that is just really powerful in the ways that uh, we run this business as well as the ways that we uh, communicate with our clients.
0: So yeah, that's me. I love it. Yes. Sharing stories, y'all are start probably starting to pick up. It's a big part of NF um, and really important to us. So in the last episode, I shared my story, but something I've recognized is you know my story is just one of many and dieting and struggles with food and struggles with body image. It comes in so many different flavors and varieties and versions. And so, Isabel, I would love for you to share with our listeners how you define dieting in the broader sense.
1: Sure. Yeah. So it's funny because a lot of people think dieting is whether you're eating salad or eating donuts. And really, that's not the case at all. In fact, dieting is rarely about what you're eating, but really has everything to do with how you think. About what you're eating. Um, And that is why, you know, my story with food can be so different than yours, Claire. And yet we so relate to both our clients and each other. Um, I never did a whole 30, I was never on Weight Watchers. And yet I still felt so stuck in my restrict binge cycle and really attempting to, quote unquote, be healthy or maintain a quote unquote healthy weight. Um, So even though my intentions seemed moral or justified, I was still so riddled with those feelings of restriction and shame, which is just such a common experience, um, I think, between you and I and our history as well as uh, with our clients. But on the other side, there are also our clients who come to us who say, you know, I I don't restrict. I I never diet. I just give in to to my cravings. And, And yet they still feel so unsatisfied and chaotic with their nutrition I mean, that is because it really isn't, again, a question of whether you are eating the food or not eating the food. It's all about the question of whether you are judging those foods and labeling them as good or bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there's really, you know, we all know about the kind of more overt diet. So, Weight Watchers, you know, I think even counting calories in My Fitness Pal feels a little bit more obvious. But there are also these really sneaky forms of dieting. And maybe, you know, I think it's so important for us to talk about what dieting is because so many of us are struggling because we are engaging in diet mentality without really, you know, identifying as being a dieter. Um, so I think that's, you know, kind of a a great place to start this conversation, um, with just this idea that, these terms are not meant to place anyone in a box. It's really just kind of meant to introduce a, a conversation and a framework that can ultimately help you. That's really the, the point of, of all this. So Isabel, what do you see you know, as some of maybe these symptoms of the sneakier forms of dieting? Yeah. So like I said earlier, you know, there is
1: that labeling of good and bad foods. But what I see that bleeds into is also good and bad days, right? I had a good eating day or a bad eating day. And then ultimately leads to people feeling like they are either a good or a bad person. And it's just so wild how quickly that escalates. We talk a lot about the restrict binge cycle, but not everyone really resonates with maybe that t- terminology. Binging, so often I also introduce the terms like cheat days or giving in or even giving up. Um, a lot of people say, you know, I just said like screw it because I ate a donut in the break room and my rest the rest of my day was uh, was blown. So even having that experience, um, we can probably find some. Dieting mindset uh, rooted underneath. Also, if you're labeling yourself as like an emotional eater or a sugar addict, these big overarching labels are also rooted in diet mentality, which we can talk about on another episode talking about emotional eating and those labels. But that is a big clue uh, for us when we see those labels. And then also just feeling really kind of out of control or saying, I need to control the way I eat, and yet feeling just. Totally out of control. Um, A lot of people talk about this feeling of like, I came home and then I just, you know, ate a whole bag of chips and I have no idea kind of how that happened. And that feeling of being out of control is very often also rooted in that restrict binge cycle and, and that dieting mentality that we're talking about today.
0: Yeah, something we'll get to. Is you know when you're not dieting as a means of approaching your health, control is really not part of the equation. It's not um, this food is not this thing that you feel like you need to like rigidly control. So we'll we'll get more into that. I think it's so interesting that you know many of us pursue diets as a means of supporting our health, and in fact, we kind of think they're the same thing. You know, a lot of us you know, if we, when we've been dieting for so long, we don't know how to care for our health or to practice, you know, sound nutrition without being on a very prescriptive diet. But we see time and time again, the way that diets and the rules and behaviors involved and required of diets often lead to these, you know, massive pendulum swings and some of the kind of behavior patterns you just described. So what i hope you know this conversation helps provide is a clear understanding of what not dieting can look like also as an approach to health that's really what this is about it's not about throwing your hands up saying screw it like you said and not caring about your health it's recognizing if the diets that you've been on are failing you, there is an alternative way and it doesn't require that you give up on yourself and your health and, you know, what you ultimately want out of life. And we really believe that not dieting is, you know, one of the best ways of supporting your long-term health habits and really creating like overall consistency in your nutrition.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally, and you know that is really why our mission here is really not about whether you are a dieter or a non dieter or converting you or anything. It's really just empowering the individual through redefining what health means for them, especially if health and dieting have become one in in their beliefs. I hear all the time, like I just want to be healthy, I just want to moderate, I just want more control, right? And I'm sure many of our listeners have have felt that or wanted that for themselves. And yet this, this need for control or need for moderation um, is often just another version of restriction and, and dieting. And that is exactly what's perpetuating the restriction cycle. And so it's really ironic to see these pursuits for health And in that pursuit, what is actually preventing our clients um, and these individuals from experiencing health? And so really what we want to offer is just a pause and in all the noise and just some space to, to go inward and really start asking themselves like, well, how do I really define health for myself, right? So- For example, we we see a lot of people who say, I'm addicted to sugar. And so I have to cut out sugar completely from my diet. And so great, if if doing that makes you feel good and you're thriving, then amazing. But most of our clients are cutting out sugar and they're feeling super anxious. They're not feeling content. They're feeling isolated because they feel stressed out going to social events. And so are you asking yourself, okay, I cut out sugar to better my health, but am I actually feeling healthier? And honestly, are these habit, habits that I believe are healthy actually leading to healthy outcomes? Right, we get so focused on like, I have to eat salads, I can't eat sugars. And yet maybe you're completely miserable. And so are we taking the time to look at that? So these are like really simple, but I think powerful questions that often do not have the chance to be answered due to just this magnetic draw to turn your brain off and just follow rules and and regulations and diets. And so we really say, hey, let's just take a pause and think about what is going on and really what do you want from all of this?
0: Yeah. I think one of the interesting... I guess, benefits of dieting and having a lengthy diet history is along the way, you've probably accumulated a lot of knowledge about food um, and how it makes you feel. And what diets don't empower us to do though, on the other hand, is to think for ourselves. So it's like, you've got all of this knowledge within you, but you know diet mentality, diet culture is telling you like, no, 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 no. Like, don't listen to that. Don't listen to your body. you can't be trusted. follow what we say, even though PS don't tell it's completely unsustainable and you might be miserable mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as you follow what we're telling you to do. Um, and what, what you were just saying about sugar reminds me of what of one of the lessons I shared on on the last podcast, episode two, you know, when you talked about, okay, yes, maybe I'm giving up sugar to pursue my physical health, but I'm completely miserable inside because I can't do wedding cake, birthday cake, and I always feel like I'm missing out or can't fit in, or I feel super anxious when I'm in those situations. Um, so if you missed last episode, I'll give you one of the big takeaways at the end. Was you know anything you're doing for your physical health that requires a sacrifice of your mental health is is likely too expensive. It can be a really kind of big. Red flag um, for those pursuits. So I think that's something that's always really helpful to kind of come back to, um, and kind of in the spirit of of what Isabel was saying in terms of turning inward and Mm -hmm. really tuning into what we call your internal wisdom. So I want to switch gears a little bit. You know, I think we've made dieting and its many forms, both obvious and sneaky, pretty clear. I want to shift into what not dieting is specifically as a health promoting tool, right? Not talking about not dieting where you say "screw it" and you're going headfirst into you know a, a box of donuts. That's dieting, or not dieting rather in response to dieting. What is just what is what is non dieting as a health tool? Would you say Isabel?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if dieting is about how we think about food, then non-dieting is also how we think about food. And I think the best way to kind of explain this and talk about this is just use an example. And I think. My husband is a great example. He has just the most healthy relationship with food. Um, he does things that probably appear almost mystical, I think, in the eyes of dieters. Like, how is that possible? Like, he leaves food on his plate and just stops when he's full. And sometimes he'll occasionally eat out of boredom or stress. And and yet there's no drama. Or, or self-criticism that follows, which just seems so normalized in kind of the diet world. And I just think it's such a beautiful thing to witness. And that's really what non-dieting is, right? He's not saying I'm eating all the foods or not eating any of the foods. It's just, he's just eating and that's it. You know, there's no moral context to it. There's no drama or criticism. It really is this true connection with what he needs. When he needs it,
0: yeah. And I know, like, I, I know your husband, so I know he's also <laughs> a big runner. And so again, it's I, I just mentioned that because we we will, I'm sure, talk about this in future episodes. Mm-hmm. But you know, dieting, non dieting, it's also not just about food. It's also about exercise and other health habits that we engage or don't engage in. So I mentioned running because it's just a clear example that like you can practice health habits and not be on a diet, and that can be a very Healthy thing, I think it's you know one of the the most enjoyable ways of pursuing and supporting our health. And I know my sister, for example, sort of amazingly because we grew up in the same environment. Um, she is such a non-dieter and and always has been. And it also corresponds with having a really normal, positive relationship to her body. She has like no idea how much she weighs. I don't think she ever goes up, you know, steps on the scale unless it's at the doctor's office. And yeah, she doesn't have a lot of drama, any drama around food. She eats what she wants, when she wants. And yeah, every once in a while she'll eat too much if we're at a really delicious restaurant or something, but it's not the end of the world and there's no reactionary punishment in terms of restricting food or over exercising in response to that. She just does it and and moves on. So, mm-hmm. these having these natural non-dieters and I'm sure all of you listening have at least one person in your life who, you know, has it can kind of act as an example of this for you. And I think what's really interesting is that, you know, Isabel's husband, my sister, they don't think of themselves as non-dieters, right? (laughs) Like we're having this conversation and and offering this framework to, to, you know, shed some light and share some examples and offer some context for you, but they don't need labels because they have nothing to prove. Right. And so, non-dieting really just provides this context outside of these external food rules for people to explore. and I think it can be helpful to offer it as a contrast to dieting if you are someone who has been dieting, whether it's obvious or or more um, kind of the sneakier forms, so that you can kind of understand what a path forward can look like. Because really, this is about like reconnecting with your body out of respect for it. And when so many of us go to diets, we talked about earlier, a lot of us go to diets as a means of supporting our health. And a lot of us go to diets as a means of losing weight. I think those are the two two big reasons that people diet. And oftentimes those are sort of one and the same. And so it can be really challenging to understand, okay, How can I shift from dieting to non dieting when I have this, you know, internal desire to to lose weight? And to that, I say, one, you know, it's really important to look at your history and look what you're currently going through and ask yourself these questions of is it working? Am I, you know, wholly healthy, meaning both my physical health and my mental health, emotional, mental, spiritual, all of it, and to recognize that you don't have to accept love, or even feel positive about your body to respect it and to practice body respect. And this is a really great principle to start with and to, I think, pursue and and act in alignment with. If you are in that place where you have this lengthy history of dieting, you know it's not working for you, and yet you feel like you're kind of constantly in this battle with your body. So these are obviously big concepts that I'm touching on right here, and I'm just giving you a taste because we're actually going to talk about it next week, more so specifically in the context of of weight loss. So I do see, as I mentioned, like a lot of misconceptions of what non-dieting is and where people really struggle on this kind of non-dieting Journey. What What do you see in that area, Isabel?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, one of the big steps, right, when you've been seeing food as good and bad, and seeing yourself as good and bad, is just this experience of neutralizing and really unlearning those beliefs that all these foods are are bad and all these foods are good, and and relearning just that food is food. Um, but when people are doing this, what really happens is. People are only thinking of neutralizing the the bad foods, right? "Quote unquote" bad foods. So mm-hmm. the treats, the donuts, the chips, the crackers, things like that. But neutralizing food is really about neutralizing all foods, and yes, that includes your "quote unquote" bad foods, but that also includes your diet foods. So many of our clients actually maybe have never eaten a salad or done any meal prep without feeling like they're dieting, and we really challenge clients to say, hey, well, if there's no such thing as dieting or non-dieting or, or good foods or bad foods, what do you want to do? What is going to ultimately serve you? And that provides space to eat, yes, the quote-unquote bad foods, but also the diet foods. So I think that's just something that's so important to talk about because I don't think it's emphasized as often and people feel, yeah, I've been eating donuts and crackers forever and I feel like crap. It's like, well, is that really what you want? And it's because there was this overemphasis of neutralizing the bad foods and not really neutralizing um, the diet foods as well.
0: Yeah. That's something we often encounter with our clients in the very beginning of the program and like giving them that very gentle reminder that you don't have to eat anything that makes you feel like crap. That is not a prerequisite for going on this journey. Um, And that's a big like light bulb moment that, oh my gosh, for like the first time I'm not eating to prove anything to Mm -hmm. anyone, myself included, that I can just eat based on what what feels good and what feels good has you know so many um, factors that go into it. It's what makes you feel good mentally, what makes you feel good physically, what makes you feel good a few hours from now, and we get to to bring all of that in, which brings me to my next point that I think is really imp- important to point out, and that is that non dieting is. Not about just giving in to every whim and every, you know, urge that you experience. Going through this process is really about giving yourself a better understanding of your needs. So when you have an urge for a cookie, instead of like shutting it down immediately, saying, No, eating a cookie is bad, which is sort of how our diet mentality works, non dieting really gives you the space to explore where that urge is coming from, why you might be feeling it, and then what to do about it. And it's important to to emphasize that the answer there is no absolute answer, right? A lot of us have this misconception that non-dieting means always saying yes to the cookie when the cookie is there. But that's not true. Sometimes the answer is going to be eat the cookie, sometimes it's not. And I think what I think where this comes from is this like super simplified Idea that we see a lot on social media that shows that eating intuitively is just eat what you want when you want. And, you know, that's definitely happening. But what it misses is this like critical thought component that's going on really at like a subconscious level once you are, you know, doing this in a, in a natural way where. You know, you're you're making a choice about the foods you eat. You're not just acting on autopilot. It's not just see a cookie, eat a cookie. You know, you are you. Let's say you come upon a cookie in the break room, then you're going to consider first your hunger and fullness levels. Um, you're going to be thinking about, you know, is this cookie going to be really satisfying? That may mean it's a freshly baked cookie, and that's something that's super satisfying. Or if it's like a Chips Ahoy cookie, you're like, eh, no, that's not really for me. You're considering the way food makes you feel like i said both physically and mentally and not just right now. So the cookie may look good, sound good, smell good, check all the boxes, but if you've got a workout class booked in 30 minutes, you may still choose not to eat the cookie because you know it's not going to make you feel great and you can do all that and and not be dieting. You know, so i think there's this um like i said this critical thought that's going on that underlies a true non-dieting practice especially when we talk about specifically non-dieting as a health tool or approach to health that is just totally overlooked and not well understood it's really not about just letting your lizard brain override every single you know food choice that that you make
1: yeah Totally. I just think it's so, like, I'm just thinking, like, our listeners and our, our clients are thinking, like, what, Claire? You mean I have to, like, think for myself? It's like, yeah, yeah. you know, that's really <laughs> what this process is about. It's it's not easy. Um, in fact, I would even argue, like, turning off your brain and blindly following some food rules would probably be easy compared to a lot of the work that we do. And and that's why I, I really have to speak against this, this misconception that, non-dieting is soft, right? People believe like intuitive eating are for people who aren't hardcore enough, can't stick to a diet, but really this work that we do is not soft at all. It's it's very hard. Um, non-dieting really challenges you to, to think for yourself, Right, like I said, like I can't just turn off my brain and go on autopilot and you won't tell me whether I need to eat the cookie or not eat the cookie. Like, just just tell me what to eat. And no, we're saying, like, hey, you have to think for yourself. You have to take responsibility for yourself and end up making a, a hard decision for yourself. And yes, it gets easier over time, but that responsibility is really what ultimately gives you freedom. Right. You're no longer relying on these external food food rules and you can actually experience what you actually desire and what you actually want I always like to use example of like being the CEO of your own life I know we have a lot of like type A you know uh, achievers in in our mix and so I feel like that example really resonates with a lot of people but you know being a CEO yes you get to experience freedom and autonomy right you get to like tell people what to do but also, you're in charge of following through and, and showing up for for your team and in your health, that's really what it is, right? How can you take responsibility, make changes, and and show up for yourself time and time again? So it's it's twofold. It's amazing to experience that that freedom, but also it's an opportunity for responsibility as well.
0: Absolutely i I like to to say that, you know, Dieting is hard because it's hard to, you know, ignore your hunger cues and to give up sugar and whatever else that diets want you to do. It's really hard, and it doesn't work. So that you know, sucks. Zero points. Um, and, and not dieting is also hard for all the reasons you just you just shared. But it but it really works, and it does reinstate you as the CEO of your own life and your own health. So I think of the hard as, as kind of an investment of, of hard, not just an exertion of hard where with diets, you, you do the hard thing and then you bounce back and then you do the hard thing again. You just keep trying on that hamster wheel. Whereas with non-dieting, you put up, you put forth that upfront investment and then it does really become something that you can do with, with, I say ease, not because, um, it's easy to engage in healthy habits. It does require planning and forethought, and we'll get into all of that and more of the strategies, <laughs> but it's easy because it's coming from within and it's guided by like your own internal compass. And there's just such a sense of like peace and that sort of emotional ease that, that comes with, with this approach. So I just want to reiterate again that you know we offer these categories and kind of this, this dichotomy as a way to navigate your health. And it's okay if you walk away from this conversation, maybe feeling like you are currently somewhere in the middle. And so I want to offer just a few questions that you can ask yourself at the end of this episode to, to really figure out how to move forward. Okay. So whether you're not, whether you're dieting or not dieting, I want you to ask yourself, are the habits I'm engaged in to pursue my health? Do they feel good? You know, do they feel good physically? Do they feel good mentally? Do they align with my values, which we know is so important? Um, is what I'm doing serving me, and is it actually working for me, not just short term, but also long term? All right. Well. I hope you found this conversation useful. I am so excited for next week's episode. Isabel is going to be back with us again, talking about what all this means in the context of weight. So if you enjoyed what you heard today, feel free to give us a review on iTunes. We hope you subscribe so you don't miss any of our weekly episodes. Bye, y'all.